I've shared a lot as well with um, as I've grown like the my yoga community. Um, yoga can look different every day. Mm. So it can be this full, intense physical practice on your mat and you're going for it and you're feeling it and you're just moving intuitively or you know exactly what you want to do. Other days it's just sitting and breathing. Other days it's just lying down. Other days it's just looking at it. <laughs> mm. I can't even get on there. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, Welcome back to another episode of Inside Your Head. I'm your host, Christelle Roots, clinical psychologist and founder of Psych Central South Africa. Today I'm having a chat with Sabrina from Asana Tribe and I'm really excited for us to talk a bit about yoga, meditation and mental health and just how that is something that we can incorporate in our lives. I want to just also take some time to introduce Sabrina and give you guys a bit of background and where she comes from. So I'm going to read her bio that I typed out. It's very neat and lovely. As an artistically creative person, yoga came to Sabrina's life as a way to cope with anxiety and physical health. Her journey was on and off for 10 years before she decided to take a leap forward in 2016 and completed her multi-style yoga teacher training of 200 hours on the small island of Koh Tao in Thailand with Mahi Power Yoga School. She knows what it is like to begin this practice we love so much, working well with beginners and currently she's obsessed with sleep meditation and sound journeys, yoga nidra and nada. Her teachings are filled with a gentle strength, focused guidance, and a vulnerable calm that can be felt in her classes. Humorous, fun, kind, and compassionate, she loves to get everyone relaxed into their practice, whether starting out on this journey or deepening into it, continuously learning and sharing. Forever a student, forever a teacher, forever a yogi. Sabrina, that, that's such a lovely introduction oh, um, and I'm you. so excited <laughs> just to hear from you and actually to learn from you oh, um, I'm so excited and, to be here. and for you to teach me a bit more about <laughs> this and to teach everyone that's listening about just this practice I know that you're so passionate about yeah. it and I can just see like your excitement <laughs> and the energy that you bring um, so let's just start with your journey with yoga tell us a bit how that started where that started so do you know Long time ago, there used to be those ones in the videos, like literally the VHS. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I was 15 and my mom had like VHSs of yoga classes and I would do it in like summer holidays. I would just take out like an old blanket and put in the TV room and then VHS a yoga class. Wow. I attended my first, first yoga class at Virgin Active in Pretoria. Um, and I had an amazing teacher there who was at that time still able to incorporate the whole lifestyle and the science around yoga. Um, and yeah, and then from there, like after studying and going to college and then getting into the work life, my journey was a bit on and off. So classes, I was in that mindset of, I need to get all this work done. So I put all of that first before myself and going to classes. <laughs> That's why I say it's like this on and off journey because over 10 years it was in and out. Um, and then, yeah, I had like maybe a, you would call it a bit of a nervous breakdown. Mm-hmm. Um, in 2016, um, I just felt a lot of pressure at work. I wasn't necessarily taking care of myself um, in the right ways. So hence the, the breakdown. And I was just like, I need to change. And I took all my savings and I was like I quit my job (laughs) and I went and I did a training in Thailand and um, it was incredible it was an intensive one for like four weeks uh, with the school from India and yeah and then I just started teaching as soon as I came back and studios that were open to me to to bring into their space Mm. it's so interesting how a lot of times you need to really I want to I don't want to kind of use the the phrase very lightly but you need to hit rock bottom in a way yeah to really meet yourself and to really yeah like this is something that I need it's so like one of the things that's really stuck with me um when I attended your mini retreat was when you said um you need to it's something along the lines of like you need to listen to your body when it whispers so that it doesn't have to shout yes 
but I think and that was so powerful to me but I think that that's actually in our lives as gen in general not just with your body yes um we often need to be shouting before we actually hear yeah this is something that you that you should be doing or yeah that you want yeah it take it, it, it does like you say hitting rock bottom or just um I mean even those sort of spiritual leaders like Eckhart Tolle and um, Deepak Chopra, they always speak about how it takes like a hard hit or some deep, almost suffering for you to realize what you need to change mm. and so that you can start like moving towards your most authentic life and like your most authentic self and meet yourself. Mm. Because at that time when you're hitting that bottom, you weren't living in alignment with, yourself and your values and I mean those things can change and you mm -hmm. know you don't realize it because you're you know at work or mm -hmm. doing certain things that you feel have to be done or uh, societal pressures of being productive a hundred percent of the time mm. but so you were so brave to quit your job yeah. take your savings <laughs> like that's that's things that's really scary to do yeah um what was the journey like in India or well, uh, in Thailand? Thailand. Yeah. I'm thinking about the India <laughs> <At> school. The school. <laughs> um, what was the, the journey like for you and, and what did it entail? Um, it was amazing. I was very blessed to have the support of my parents to be actually be able to take that leap. Um, otherwise, I probably would have done maybe something more here at home over like a long period of time. Um, but I was able to do this like intensive, just jump right in. Uh, it was my first time also like traveling on my own. <laughs> so that was quite... Wow, <laughs> to Thailand. <laughs> to Thailand. Um, I was blessed to have a friend that was staying in Bangkok at the time. So she helped me with like small things on like travel. How do I get to the islands? How do I get from that island to that island? Because um, Koh Tao is the smallest one. So you, you go right down to the bottom. Um, and it was intense. I will say the <laughs> the first two weeks you're running on adrenaline. There's just like this excitement and you're loving it. And like when it's intensive, it's every day you're practicing yoga, you're sitting in um, philosophy, anatomy, and then you're having like a lunch break. And then afterwards it's all about adjustments. Like how do you adjust certain students and then supper and then you have meditation at the end. So it's this full day of from like six in the morning to eight at night and then you go home, oh well, to your, I had a little outside chalet, it was amazing. <laughs> and um, yeah, and then you start over the next day. And we had, I think, only on Sundays, like off. So that was really nice. And I would go and like spoil myself with a little um, Thai massage. Because <laughs> they were so um, yeah. amazingly cheap um, there on the island. And yeah, but just being on that island, uh, the energy there, there's also like a lot of retreats that are held there. There's different studios, there's different kinds of activities and things you can do. We even had a snorkeling trip part of the whole training, which was wonderful. And then it was connecting with a whole bunch of people from all different sides of the world. Mm. So for me, I don't know how to describe it, but like especially towards like middle and the end of the training, I really felt the most connected to who I was. Um, yeah, it, it, it was a very powerful feeling. I think I hadn't felt that in the last mm -hmm. time I did, I was maybe about 15, 14, mm -hmm. when I first journeyed into it. Um, I mean, as so when I put there artistically, it's, I did art in high school, so, and I was in an art school, and okay, wow. <laughs> there was no sport, so I, always suffered with anxiety my whole life since a kid I was always a little anxious kid um, and the only time I ever felt like serene was when I was drawing or painting because there's deep focus mm -hmm. but I knew I needed to do something for my physical body so I did enter yoga at the time it was just called yoga we know that there's lots of different schools of yoga and we have a bigger awareness now with mm. like social media and information age. Um, but yeah, then it was just called yoga. So you, you just go. And I went in with that intention of the physical practice, but I realized afterwards why I was 
hooked and why I fell in love with it, it was because it made me feel so calm and serene. I was in the present moment and the only time I ever had that outside was if I was drawing or painting. Mm-hmm. Um, but then this was obviously benefiting my physical body as well. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And while you were there for the training, mm. um, well, let me rather rephrase. How did you take what you got from the training and incorporated that when you got back? Because I, I, I can just imagine this whole other world where you're there, this is a daily practice, and I wonder how many people actually do that and not follow through yeah. with, like, they go with the intention of, I'm going to get trained so that I can become a yoga teacher yeah. or practitioner, yeah. but then maybe just actually it becomes an individual journey because I wonder what that was like for you bringing that back and doing it here in a different environment by yourself. Like four weeks of training is intense, but it's also very short, actually. Yeah, it's very short. Um, I do felt like it was a lot packed in. It was mm. a lot to absorb. Um, and I, I, I think I obviously only absorbed what I could at that time. So a lot of self-study had to continue when I came mm. back. And it is really hard sometimes to hold space for yourself. Um, so when you're in a yoga class and the teacher's teaching you, she's or he is holding, or they, <laughs> is holding space for you. And they're guiding you through. So you don't even really have to think about what to do next. And you're Mm. able to literally be in your body with your breath in that present moment. Whereas when it's not yourself, now you have to think about, okay, what practice do I want to focus on? What do I want to move through? What is my intention here? Is it just breathing? Um, I've shared a lot as well with, um, as I've grown like the, my yoga community, um, Yoga can look different every day. Mm. So it can be this full, intense physical practice on your mat and you're going for it and you're feeling it and you're just moving intuitively or you know exactly what you want to do. Other days it's just sitting and breathing. Other days it's just lying down. Other days it's just looking at it. (laughs) Mm. I can't even get on there. (laughs) Mm. Um, So, yeah, bringing it into my life was... uh, difficult one because you're coming back and then you're off of the island you're now back in your home environment as well so you have to be mindful of the people around you or your family mm. um space wise was also always a challenge mm. um and then you, as somebody who's anxious like my mind will be like oh no this bedroom is too small there's no space for me to do yoga then i'll be like okay it's fine we're not going to do yoga I mean, those are just, like, excuses. Yeah. I could have gone to the living room or I could have gone outside. Um, it, it took a while for me to find my groove. Mm. And I will say it does come in and out mm. um, as mm. the waves go. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I guess that that's what I'm, I'm trying to also just have people be aware of is there's, this, there's a lot of movement now towards yoga is helpful, um, yoga and meditation is helpful for your mental health and that there's all of these health benefits physically emotionally but then I think a lot of people practice it once or twice and then they they feel like well it wasn't necessarily that big of a difference that it made or um, kind of expect that it's I'm just going to be doing it and it's going to be easy yes but it's a it's a everyday showing up, just like therapy in a way. Yes. Therapy is not always comfortable. Therapy doesn't always feel like it's working, but it's about continuously showing up. And yeah. so, like, I can imagine that it's it's quite a journey with yourself yeah. to commit to and actually continue to practice and, and educate yourself. Yeah. Like, and it's okay if you fall out. Um, I myself, I'll admit, like, I fall out of my own personal practice Um, And then I make my way back in. Mm. And I'll remind people about that as well. Like, if that happens, that's okay. Just remember your mat is always there. Mm. Like, when you're ready and you go back, then you're back. That's that, this lifelong journey. That's that lifelong practice. Mm. Um, I think sometimes we can also be, like, our worst enemies. And then we're, like, really hard on ourselves if we don't commit to that Mm. discipline every day. Um, 
and it might be something to check into like okay why am I not able to hold space mm. um, why have I fallen out of the practice what's happening through this wave is it my energy mm. is it collective is it you know um, I think there's a lot of different factors but I think it's for me the most important thing is that it teaches you to be gentle with yourself mm. because we usually are like our worst critics and yeah. really really hard on ourselves <laughs> that's one of the things that I wanted to ask you is what's the the principles of yoga and I know that there's obviously many and there's different kinds of yoga as well yeah. um, but what is it that that's kind of like this sets the foundation for I want to say the rules I know that it's not rules yeah. but for lack of a better word yeah that people can use so like even with the training and everything like yoga the comes from the word like yuj or sanskrit word for yuj which is union or to unite or to yoke which is like to join and mm. it's this coming together of body mind and breath which then allows you to feel deeply into our presence so we've heard like echo tone all these guys they speak a lot about being in the present moment and then feeling that presence and it awakens that awareness mm. within yourself so then you become a little bit more in tune to like okay I'm feeling like this physically what is the mental chatter that's going on in my mind how is my heart feeling because they're all connected right mm. um, and then our most powerful tool is our breath so like I know this <laughs> when you're anxious you're yeah, and then when you start to just control the breath and you slow it mm. down, you come back into the present moment. And mm. um, I know with anxiety or what I've learned through my journey of anxiety is it's this lack of control, especially in terms of like the future, and you're sitting in a whole lot of like what ifs. Um, and it's for me, yoga brought me back to the here and the now. So when we look at that balance, it's um, that union and then whatever you're practicing on the mat is for you to take off the mat so uh, there's a yogi uh, BKS Iyengar mm -hmm. so he's from the school Iyengar who <laughs> created the school Iyengar um, he always spoke about there needs to be with every yoga posture a balance between effort and ease and I feel like that is something that you should also be taking off of the mat in mm. life there should be this balance between effort and ease. Mm -hmm. So effort, are you pushing yourself too much? Ease, are you being a bit too lax about things? Um, and then that's where you check mm -hmm. with your discipline and everything. But I did uh, make a bit of a note here. So there is a saying in Sanskrit called chitta uh, friti norada. I don't know if I'm saying that properly, but... We won't know either. <laughs> yeah, <I> don't share. <laughs> Um, and it refers to the calming of the mind through meditative techniques. And basically what it means is, um, so this is my notes here. Let me just find it. So uh, yoga is the inhibition, neroda, of the modifications, friti, of the mind. So in other words, yoga is restraining the mind stuff the chatter mm. from talking uh, from taking various forms fritis whenever the mind is stilled the seer or the real self is then revealed that's beautiful and i love that as well i had to make that note mm. <laughs> mm -hmm. um so and then in terms of the principles yoga is usually based on the eight limbs of patanjali so you get um and it's just sort of a guideline towards essentially enlightenment um, and I was having this conversation with my one friend as well and people speak about reaching enlightenment like it's just going to be this one destination and you're there and I feel like it's something that can actually you can reach it all the time yeah right so I think for me if I'm looking at enlightenment I mean obviously there's monks and stuff that are living that every day <laughs> but in the modern world I'm looking at enlightenment as contentment bliss being able to be in that neutral zone so life can happen mm. and you're you're okay you're here you might fluctuate mm. but there's always that 
layer right beneath you just holding you in contentment mm. in peace and bliss um, so the eight limbs of Patanjali um, especially the first two are very important Yama which is correct behavior towards others you have nonviolence, truthfulness not stealing not wasting energy and abstaining from greed um, there is also Sanskrit's words for these mm. as well but and this is in terms of so yourself and others. So nonviolence, how are you harming yourself? How are you harming others? Not just physically with words. So yeah. Um, and you know, what's in your mind? Truthfulness. Are you being honest with yourself? Are you living authentically? Are you being honest with others? Not stealing. Um, and not just in terms of like physical objects, but, mm. you know, energy, time, um, all those things. Um, yeah, not wasting energy and then abstaining from greed and then your niyama which is the principles of the way you should be living for your own life so purity as in being your pure authentic self saying with that contentment so that's that mm-hmm. finding that bliss um, spiritual observances so where are your belief systems with yoga People tend to think like yoga itself is a religion. Yeah. It, it's not. Mm. <laughs> um, it's It comes from India, so it does come from um, Hindu, but mm. yoga has been around and um, embraced by all religions and all different cultures, mm. especially now in, in the modern world. Um, but for yourself, so your spiritual ob- mm. uh, observances, whether you're agnostic, Christian, or... Um, uh, what's the one where you don't believe? Um, Athe- atheist. atheist. There yeah. we go. Um, so even them, I mean, they mm. have their own way of yeah. spiritually observing. It can be just inwards, mm. right? So inner mm. journey. And then study, self-study, and then devotion. So we come back to that, how do you continue? Mm. So the first two yamas. And then asana is only number three. Mm-hmm. So that's obviously all the postures. And then pranayama is your breathing exercises that comes... Five, uh, four. Five is pratyahara, so it's sending your senses inward and exploring that inner universe. Uh, dharana is effortless focused attention. So pratyahara can be thought of as a meditation where you can even focus on um, one specific object, like let's say now you're focusing on a burning candle. And then um, when you're in dharana, you're in effortless meditation mm. so um, you're allowing the mind to do its thing but you are separating yourself from it and then Diana is living in that continuous flow so Diana is just one step below Samadhi which is then your your um, unity with, with the oneness the divinity for mm. each person or nature or just with yourself mm. right um, yeah, so then we know that there's different types of or schools of yoga. Traditionally, it is Hatha. Hatha is like the main sort of school, and all the schools sort of derive from okay. that tree of, of Hatha. I think it's important for people to understand this because, well, not understand, but just be aware. Because I think I've always thought of yoga as yoga is yoga. Yeah. And then, <laughs> like, everyone's going to know now that I know nothing about yoga. But um, then only later I but, figured yeah. out, okay, there's this kind of yoga and like that's more focused on meditation or that's more. Yes. Yeah. It's uh, So I think it's also important for people to choose when they decide that yeah. they want to practice it. Yeah. To choose what they Brilliant. feel they need at that stage. Absolutely. So yeah. what they want to actually bring into their life, like what practice yeah. do they want to engage with. Mm. So yeah, Hatha is where sort of yoga all comes from. Um, and then... From there, you'll have like Ashtanga Vinyasa, which is um, power yoga, known as power yoga. Um, and then they have a set series. So it's it's sort of the same, you follow the same series and a sequence oh, for every so class. A, okay, a repetition. Yeah, and then they yeah. have very strict like practices. They practice at sunrise. They don't do any yoga during the full moon or the new moon. They only meditate during those days. Um yeah, that they're quite strict mm. in terms of that series. Very similar to essentially Bikram, Bikram or hot yoga as people are calling it now, hot mm. twenty six. Um, 
is also it's the same set series you go through the same postures and also it has strict ways of practicing the temperature has to be a certain way um but then you get all different types now that have arisen as well oh i spoke earlier about ayenga so ayenga is wonderful ayenga is based purely on alignment so they'll use everything from blocks and chairs and straps and oh, walls wow. and everything to get you into the posture and then you hold and you breathe and you do each side so it's not necessarily like a sequence or a flow as hatha and vinyasa mm-hmm. can become um and then from there you also have yin yoga which is a bit more uh comes from like the chinese side so there's an engagement in like meridians and energy centers and then from there there's even become a uh, restorative yoga okay. or not become but a derivative mm. of yin um which is even more gentle so yin and restorative is very meditative you holding postures for a longer period of time very okay. similar to a yoga you'll use props and things to help you um but it's at a different intensity level um and a yoga as what well, you've got to be practicing this for years and years and years before you can even think about becoming mm. a teacher Uh, then you get aerial yoga and air yoga which is i see people doing it now <laughs> and i'm like it looks so complex but it looks so free and just like it's so amazing. much yeah it's it's a lot of fun um but you do face a lot of fears yeah um which is quite powerful and i think that's the beauty thing with all the beautiful thing with yoga as well different poses will get you to face certain mm-hmm. fears um mm-hmm. that on necessarily on the mat they're within you mm. um there's a saying where they say the asana that you avoid the most is the one that you need the most yeah mm. so what yeah. you you uh, hiding from yourself or um yeah that you need then there's a uh, budokan which is uh like martial arts mixed with yoga so that's like quite a newly developed um okay school of yoga I think um I'm actually not too sure how old it is but yeah that's uh, quite wonderful and it's very slow so you start off very slow also has series that it follows mm-hmm. um and then I mean you even get SUP yoga which is like on the water on those paddle boards Oh my word really <laughs> that sounds so intense. I mean that, that can be like um you know hatha vinyasa flows okay. so flows are um you get traditional hatha which has a very specific way of sequencing and then you get a stanga vinyasa which I spoke about has those um mm-hmm. series that it follows then you'll have some classes that will explain that it's like a hatha flow or a vinyasa flow or to just call it a yoga flow and then you know it's kind of mm. a sequenced uh flow the, fl- the the poses go into one another okay instead of like pausing doing mm. right pausing doing left mm. and so on that's quite a yoga and yin you do each side and then you go over to the next pose. Okay. Um I'm trying to think of the other schools. But so what do you practice mainly? So with mine so it was at multi style mm-hmm. and we had hatha we had traditional hatha, we had ashtanga vinyasa, although I wouldn't teach that unless I had the proper um full ashtanga vinyasa training. We had vinyasa flows. Um so this is all like very hot yoga and then we had yin which is like very cooling. So okay. Think about like yin and yang. Yeah. Okay. And then um so even if you look at like hatha, so if you translate hatha from uh, Sanskrit, it is ha meaning sun and ta meaning moon. So then you have the schools coming down from there like either really okay. hot or really cool and like okay. the cooler ones or the more meditative calming mm. ones and then the um obviously the hot ones are mm. built for that physical um exertion and connection uh deeper awareness uh hatha you can hold poses also for a longer period of time and then like be able to breathe and just feel it's also very alignment based as well whereas vinyasa breath follows movement so it goes a little mm. faster and that's why it creates that fire. Um what was the question you asked again? What can you practice? Oh, what are kind of practices? That happens like, to me all the I time. I know like wait, where was I going? I think you also have so much that you I have know, in mind that you want to like tell us about. I know, so it's all like 
blah, yeah. verbal diarrhea, but it's cool. Um, so I practice more like a hatha vinyasa flow. Okay. Um, I enjoy those where the sequence goes into one another mm. and it builds up whether it's going towards a peak pose or I'm working mm. towards a peak pose or just flowing. Um, Do you find it difficult to, like, I, I guess when you go to yoga class, yeah. as you said earlier, even with the training, there you just following whatever instruction you're given yeah so when this is something that you practice by yourself how do you decide what you're doing um so this is a great question because i'll kind of use it as when i'm preparing my classes for whether it's privates or events or um group classes i'll practice that and i'll see okay the sequence works or it doesn't work so my own personal practice will be a bit more like broken up. It won't be this okay. like one solid class. <laughs> It'll it's be not like, this flow. Yeah. It's just happening. So I'll always. take a moment to like center myself and like okay. get into, okay, I'm here. I'm here to like prep for the class, mm. write out all the poses that I want in in the, the flow. And then I'll go, okay, how am I going to sequence this? How am I going to put it together? Okay. Um, and then that's where like my personal practice will come in. Mm. Um, and then at the end, Shavasana. That's really why a lot of us end up staying with yoga <laughs> mm. <laughs> um, and keep coming back to the practice is that Shavasana at the end, that relaxation. And teachers all do Shavasana very differently. Mm. Some will be completely silent. They just mm -hmm. let you lay there in that silence. And some will guide. I like guiding mm. because I also know with myself in terms of how my anxious mind can become. If I'm laying there in stillness, then it can maybe take me off of the mat and out of where all of like what I've just connected to. Yeah. Whereas if I stay with that guided, it um, keeps me in that space. And then mm. I can come out and then re-enter the world, as I like mm. to say. Mm. <laughs> yeah. And I think that that's one of the things, Sabrina, that I really love about your, your classes or your... Uh, yeah. I've, I've attended some events where you were... Um, like the instructor, is that that it is so nice to to feel like there's that safe space, yeah. but also like a mindfulness about this is what you can get from it. I'm guiding you. Like it's like you're giving you you're giving every person a gift. Oh. <laughs> it's like a um you you. It's not just a, oh let's just do this generic yeah. thing. Um, <laughs> well that's what it's felt like. To or that's what For my you, experience has experience, been. Yeah. It's like this gift of. I'm giving you this extra space um, where I'm really mindful about what you're going to be going through. And I think that that's where it helps so much to have a guided meditation. And I think for me, um, it's been the first time that I really realized that that's actually a part of yoga. Yeah. Like I've, uh, and, and shame not to say that the other people where I've done yoga before <laughs> is, is not good, but I think that there it's been much more about the physical. Yes. And I wonder if that's what often happens in gyms and, and places where people go f to yoga. a yoga class yeah. for like, this is something that I need to do as part of, as part of my fitness regime or um, like yes. workout plan. Whereas it's so nice for me when it's something that's not just, a, a, it's just about whether the, this was such a tough and intense Yes, all about the physical session, body. All about the physical, mm. where it's much more about the the emotional or the meditative part as well. So maybe I can go off on a tangent for yeah. that. <laughs> Tell us a bit about the, the sleep meditation and the sound journeys, because I think that that's also something that's so different Yes, um, that you incorporate in your practice. So, um, I mean, I came across the um, Yoga Nidra when I was teaching at a studio in uh, Midrand. And I joined one of the fellow studio teacher's classes and she guided the end and I went to her and I'm like what was that I've never felt so like calm and like mm. at peace at the end of the practice and she's like no it's yoga nidra and I'm like oh my gosh and then I just started diving into yoga nidra and then I went back in 2019 to Thailand to teach yoga and host like a couple of workshops and stuff and then I joined a friend's workshop and she well workshop course on sound journey mm. and she incorporated the yoga nidra with the sound journey so I'm absolutely obsessed with, this, obsessed with this and I don't want to take away from it so I'd rather just read what I've written down for okay cool. the yoga nidra and the 
Yoga Nada or Nada Yoga. Okay, so Yoga Nidra is a form of guided meditation, also known as the yogic sleep or effortless relaxation. It's also known as the waking sleep. Um, the practice draws our attention inwards and we learn to surf between the states of wakefulness and sleep, where our body finds its natural state of equilibrium, homeostasis. Um, we felt that, like that, that moment just before you fall asleep at night, mm-hmm. your whole body just releases into deep relaxation and yeah. then you pass out. Yeah. So you're going to try to get you to that point and then hold that point in awareness. With practice, it becomes a little bit easier, but I will say even with my own self, when I practice yoga nidra, sometimes I'm totally out and sometimes I'm waving in and yeah. out. <laughs> um, but yeah, let me get back. <laughs> the, the breath balances and becomes quiet. Unconscious and conscious aspects of the mind reveal themselves and we fall into an innate state of deep blissful awareness. As we rest here, we can turn our attention easily and effortlessly to the very nature of awareness and consciousness. So yoga literally means the yogic sleep. It is an ancient technique where the practitioner enters a deep state of conscious relaxation. So relaxation at its purest form. Um, It is a systematic practice of moving awareness from our external world to the inner world. Uh, And then yoga nidra is a method of inducing complete physical, mental, and emotional relaxation, which for me is super important. Mm. Um, So the term yoga nidra is derived from two Sanskrit words, yoga meaning that union, what I spoke about earlier, or one-pointed awareness, and then nidra means sleep. So during the practice of yoga nidra, one appears to be asleep, but the consciousness is functioning on a deeper level of awareness. And in the yoga nidra, the state of relaxation is reached by turning inwards away from our outer experiences. And even if you fall completely asleep, your subconscious is still working on that level. That's so, that's so, it feels so magical that we have the ability to do that. Yeah. That's amazing. Meeting that like super conscious. Mm. Um, And then, so nada yoga, nada yoga meaning the union through sound. So yoga union, nada is sound. Um, And it is an ancient Indian system, a science of inner transformation through the sound and tone. Nada is based on the premise that the entire cosmos and everything in it, including us humans, consists of sounds, vibrations, or nadas and frequencies. So sound therapy is an ancient form of regeneration. And um, I use, I started with the Tibetan singing bowls. And there's also the gong, and I've now got my handpan, and <laughs> and you met Gareth at the yes, mini retreat, yes. and he can play the handpan amazingly. Uh, One day my journey yeah. will get me there. <laughs> I can't wait for you to get there because I love. I, I'm I'm obsessed with the but well with the, the sound, hand, yeah, the, yeah, the sound journey in general. Yes, um, but that handpan, yeah. like it's just amazing it's beautiful um and then we just bring in other sounds different types of instruments um we have chimes we love Mm. making use of um uh, leaves like Mm. natural sounds rain sticks it's really wonderful um so these all harmonize and allow for deep relaxation on both sides of the brain which is very interesting for me because while these sounds can hit frequencies and vibrations of brain centers it also hits centers of the energetic, uh, the energy centers of the physical body. Um, so it stimulates stress relief on all the levels that I spoke about, mental, emotional, and physical, and the elimination of toxins from the body. So after sound therapy, emotions are calm, the mind is clearer, and the sound vibrations have an effect on the body. Sound healing therapy has been practiced for thousands of years to realign the body's vibration, improve mental health and emotional well-being, and create a deeper inner connection. Um, If you're not sure if you believe in the magical curative powers of music and sound healing therapy, just think about your favorite song, right? Or a musical track and how it immediately works as Mm. a mood boost Mm. or where it takes you to right so the two combined the yoga nidra and the yoga and nada yoga create an immensely powerful guided meditation technique each individual's 
experience will be different and the more we practice it, as I said before, the easier it will become. But it's just like your yoga practice. So you meeting, when you get on that mat, which for whichever mm. yoga school you're choosing, you're meeting your mind, body and heart where it is on that day. Mm. And you're taking it to where it wants to go without any ego. So mm. we remove the ego because the ego wants to go, but I can do this and I can push further and further and further and further and I must and I must. Yeah. Um, and that's that like overproductive mm. mindset, right? Um, whereas we, when we have that deep awareness of our physical body and our heart and our mind, we can be like, okay, today I'm feeling a little tired, a little sore, my heart maybe a little heavy, the mind doesn't stop. Mm. Can it be a bit more, a bit more gentle? Mm. Um, and yeah, and then we begin to like enter this state. So with yoga nidra, not sorry, I'm coming back to that. <laughs> with that practice, uh, you meet it where you are as well, because mm. your experience will be different every time. I think that that's just such a, it's such a lovely principle um, of yoga in general. Mm. But I think um, again that's something that that you really reinforced even in well in all of the classes that i've joined Mm -hmm. is to meet yourself where you're at and and i I don't think that people often think about that even and i'm i'm comparing it to therapy all the time but i that's obviously my language that (laughs) i speak um even in therapy it's about not saying but i must do these things and i must like just open up all of my wounds or cans of worms and just say like I I need to sit with everything all at once it's okay to pace yourself and it's okay to do what you feel ready for and it's okay to say today I actually don't feel ready to talk about this Um, just as it is okay to do that physically it it was so interesting to me because the very first event that you did for us was for the Mother's Day um, yoga event yes and I just had my baby and I think like it was four weeks after my c-section and I was like oh it's just yoga I can do this it's gonna be fine and then like when I got there I realized like I can't be actually doing this and it was much more intense than what I anticipated but I think it helped me so much that you kind of go this is not a class for beginners intermediate or advanced people this is a class for whoever Whoever, and and to really just listen to your body I think in another class I might have been like seriously Crystal this is like an easy pose you should be able to do it but like a downward facing dog or whatever you call it was so like I couldn't keep myself up Um, there's some days that it's just so hard and on those days don't do downward facing dog yeah do puppy pose yeah um or just lay on your belly yeah exactly (laughs) you know um, I have had some students where they'll come to the class and they'll say they're, they're not feeling very well or they're just feeling very low. And I'm like, well, what is the mat calling for you? And they're like, mm. they just need to lay there. I'm like, cool, lay mm. there. Just mm. listen to my voice. Maybe your mind's doing the asana practice. The work, yeah. So do you want to do a bit of an illustration for yes. us about like with your bowls so that people can just hear um, some of the things? Do you Do you use this by yourself as well or is it only for like guided meditations for a class or do you like in your own practice yeah 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 also use it yeah okay i can sit and get quite lost with the being because you're focusing in i can imagine Um, so as i said like some of them hit different frequencies of the brain and then they also hit different frequent oh there we go already (laughs) it hits different frequencies of the bodies so this one is the sacral chakra so it hits into d which is what what color chakra is that the orange one okay so it's for it's people to just yeah. reference to if they don't if so they want to have at look. the base of your spine you have your root chakra okay. and then sacral chakra is or spadisana is right above it it's orange okay. all about creativity and relationships with yourself with others I'm hoping that it it translates in the way that it sounds when we are listening to it now, when other people listen to it and they're not going, yeah, it's either too loud or that they can't hear it. It it translates very differently through a mic, but obviously you've experienced it in person, what it sounds like. 
Um, and then this is the heart. So this one was actually gifted to me by one of my friends. Mm-hmm. Um, but the first bowl I ever got was a heart. It's a lot smaller than this one. Um, and I think that was that, that part of the journey when I started and I was also just mm. opening into the heart. So when you say that my practices are like a gift, like that just also really warmed my heart up because that's, oh. that's why I do this, mm-hmm. right? I don't want to speak before <laughs> before it ends, but I want to ask you. So, what's the difference between the bowls? Like, is mean? it like you said? Now the one is a hard bowl, and like, is it just the is it the shape? Is it how it's made? Yeah, like, it's how it's because beaten, I can hear there's even a different yeah it's sound beaten obviously. into the 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 hertz. Okay, I don't remember the exact hertz for yeah. each sound. I just remember the letter. So D is your sacral, F is your heart. And then the next one I have is your for your third eye. Okay. Um, some of them will say it is A. Some of them will say it's B. Um, so because it's so close to the crown chakra. Mm. So your third eye is over here. Um, so these ones kind of different articles will say this one's A and then this one's B. And then another article will say this one's B and this one's A. But I think it's just because they're so close to each other. Yeah. Um, and it's just that mm. unity of, of oneness. Third eye, mm-hmm. um, all about intuition. Okay. Connects to sacral creativity, mm-hmm. imagination, um, and then also connection to one's higher self, the, your um, divinity that will then take you to that crown chakra. And then heart is all about love, forgiveness, empathy, compassion, and most importantly, grief. Wow. We don't give ourselves enough time Mm. to, or we don't allow for grief. Mm. But so is the practice of the sound therapy, um, is it about helping you to connect to that part of yourself then? Yeah. So the more obviously you practice this, the more it's not saying it's going to feel better. Yeah. I I guess it it depends, like, I'm not saying it won't either. No. But it's... it's something people often want to measure things and be like, okay, so I'm struggling with this, so I'm gonna do this, and then it's gonna be. They'll just need different. like one, they'll just need the one time, and then they can come, and it's gonna, yeah. you know, it's gonna make them feel better, and they're gonna sort it out. When I say that everybody's experience will be different on that day, everyone's experience will be different, and mm. every yoga nidra and yoga and nada yoga will be a different experience as well to bring out something. Mm. So I've had sessions where. Apart from passing out <laughs> or fluctuating in <laughs> and out, I can come out of it and just start crying. And mm. maybe something may have presented itself subconsciously that I have been suppressing and pushing to the side. I'm not mm. going to face it. I'm not going to face it. I'm not going to face it. And it might have been in one of these energy centers. Um, mm. And usually, what's a beautiful thing is taking just a little time to, after the practice, just be with yourself, notice where you're feeling it more in the body. Um, usually during the the mini retreats, I'll try and take. Well, I like to take the bowls over those exact places of the, the energy centers. So if I'm going around with the sacral bowl, I'm going to each person and going over their hips and like mm-hmm. hitting into the bowl mm-hmm. there, so that that frequency can go just a little bit deeper because mm-hmm. it might bring out something more. Um, if because it's a systematic uh, guided meditation, there's usually a visualization. In the, in the system, in the steps. Um, and the visualization will change depending on the theme. And whatever that theme is, if it's a bit more about heart or it's a bit more about earth or it's a bit more about the sky, then I'll play those balls specifically. Mm-hmm. So we know our um, the chakras lower three, so your solar plexus, sacral root, earthbound. Heart is the bridge between the two um, the lower 
earth bond and then the higher, more universal spiritual mm. bond, which is then throat and third eye and then crown. Okay. Yeah. Oh, wow. It I feels... I also such a going to like chakras. Like yeah. <laughs> but, but so chakras are a big part of the, one to say, the practice or or not necessarily? Um, in in a way, yeah. If, if a teacher's um, use will speak about them often. So I'll speak about them in different ways. I'll be like, this week we're connecting to heart. Mm. And what does that mean for us? What the theme, what do we need to connect to? Is it forgiveness? Is it grief? Is it love? Um, compassion, empathy. Um, and then I'll plan the class around that. So heart openings and, and those kinds of things. And then if it's the Yoga Nidra Nada, then the Yoga Nidra will be very heart focused. Okay. Um, so that's just for me, some teachers work like that as well, mm. but they are part of the yoga philosophy. Mm. So um, I just spoke about the eight limbs of yoga, which is sort of that the principles, that like scientific mm-hmm. method behind this sort of way of living. Um, to get you to that state of contentment or bliss or enlightenment. Um, But there's a whole bunch of other things where you have your chakras. And, I mean, we know of the main seven, but there's many, many more. And even with the sound therapy, when it speaks about it, it hits into nadas, which are energy centers. And that's very similar to yin yoga, which connects to the meridians. So we have hundreds of thousands of meridians all over the body and, and nadis or nadas that hit all different parts mm. of the body. And when we come back to that hatha of sun and moon, right, and you also have your left and your right side of your body. So left side of your body, right side of your brain is your um, moon, feminine, yin, passive, restorative, gentle mm-hmm. side and or mother archetype. And then you have your right side of your body, left side of your brain, which is your sun, power, hot, active, um, energetic, mm. um, father archetype. Uh, and then it's about finding that balance between the two. And then when they speak, it's that harmony, that um, meeting of homeostasis, so that balance of, of your... Mm-hmm. your breathing and your body and all these energy centers just coming alive. And that's why sometimes certain things can come out and you can, I've had it where I'll come out of a yoga nidra and I'm just crying mm. or I come out feeling super calm, like really relaxed. Um, I saw one of my favorite music artists, they have a new song out and the song was me and euphoria and i love that word you mm. so like you and then euphoria. Yeah. and i was like that's kind of what yoga nidra nada mm. gets you to at the end is that euphoria um mm. even if you come out crying then it's that's just the it's that release it's that physical release um and then at the end you're feeling okay mm. blissful calm i want to ask you a bit about that and and i know that we need to just also keep track of the time so yeah. I know that that you you also have other things um but how do you manage that part of the the yoga practice and being a yoga teacher in terms of people's emotions and because I, I'm thinking like it's quite a lot to have to just sit with which I guess that the principles of of yoga really helps with that yeah um because I can just hear this sense of acceptance and whatever is supposed to happen happens and and you just go with that but i i can also imagine that it's quite overwhelming for the teacher when like the 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 student in your class is maybe having a big experience or like i'm wondering how do you navigate that um i'll admit in the beginning it was quite difficult Mm -hmm. um but now i'm a little bit more in tuned and 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 better at um, assisting a person mm-hmm. if they are really struggling. I'll go to them and I'll I ask, "Are you okay?" They don't need to tell me what's going on. Mm. I'll say, "What can I do to help?" Um, sometimes if they are crying, I'll do. There's that one method where you, as you exhale, you're just pressing on the arms. Mm. So I'll do that, help them kind of ground and calm down. Um, 
I'll guide them through breathing techniques, which will bring them back. And then they're able to observe what's happening. Um, I'll say, just lay down. Mm. You don't have to do anything more. Just lay down. Mm. Um, if they need space, they can go out of the room. Um, but yeah, as a yoga teacher and somebody who's also a little bit, um, I find I'm quite empathetic. So I pick up on energy quite easily. Um, I'll even change my classes just because of the energy that I'm picking up. Um, I absorb quite a lot. Mm. And then that, uh, I was telling my friend, like, and she does exactly the same. And I think it's quite an important thing for yoga teachers is to have this, like, either one day or an hour or somewhere in, like, the week where you can kind of separate yourself mm. and then be in, like, the cocoon of your own energy and then recognize what is yours. Yeah. And then go back to teaching. Mm. Um, and then be able to calmly assist people when they need mm -hmm. help and if they want that help because some of them don't and that's okay too yeah 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 i guess as a psychologist we go for supervision and yeah. and and we well and our own therapy and and do yoga and and a lot of other things because you are sitting with quite a lot from people but i i can imagine being very attuned to people's energies as yeah. you say um, that sometimes it can also just be really heavy. Yeah. Um, and that a lot of self-care, knowing yourself, um, knowing what you need, what works for you. Yes. Um, like yeah. it's really coming back to yourself. Um, Absolutely. After and each. A lot of the things is like what we're teaching our students for the mat, off the mat, is kind of what we need to remind ourselves of as well. So... Um, you know, if you need that cocoon and you maybe need that, I don't know, Netflix binge, cool, do mm. that. If you need to get out into nature, get out into nature. If you need to go on the mat, get on the mat. If you don't need to get on the mat, don't get on the mat. Mm. Um, finding, like you say, your self-care just so that you can... Um, I always think of like that, that like energizer bunny. <laughs> so I just need to fuel up my battery and yeah. then I can start again and I've always said to as well um, in classes like you you pour from an over pouring cup mm. um, so making sure that you do stay with that uh, yeah. self-care mm -hmm. um, I saw a beautiful thing where it said uh, self-love is saying I love you self-care is you telling yourself prove it oh that's yeah, yeah. that's so powerful <laughs> so when I saw that I was like yeah actually mm. I've got to prove to myself I actually love myself Mm. and mm. that's going to be through that self-care so that I can hold space better. Mm. Yeah. Sabrina, thanks so much for your time oh, um, thank today. You. Thanks yeah. so much for sharing this. I feel like there's so much more than we can probably know, get right? to, <laughs> and, and we, we might get to that yeah. at some point. Um, but I just really appreciate your, your time. I think that for me, it's really like I've learned so much, and I respect this practice so much more I think that it, it's also so difficult in our lives today where like everything is just this like fast food kind of just everything's fast track yes. um, and I think a lot of people treat yoga in the same way yes. I often treat yoga in the same way yes. so it's not something that I practice um, consistently because I have this idea in my mind of it's just the physical yeah um, and I, I'm hoping that people have a better understanding of how it can also be a part of their practice. I've often said to a lot of my clients, sometimes they, they don't necessarily feel like therapy is a space that they want to utilize, like psychotherapy, um, and they want to put that on pause, and that's fine. Yes. Then just find whatever else you need, and maybe yoga, practice, meditation, um, sound therapy, sleep therapy, that might be the journeys that people also need to be on yeah um so i'm hopeful that that people would realize that this is actually an alternative or something that they can do they can utilize it. they can utilize bring it with them. yeah i mean in, in terms of the physical mm. you know a lot of um different types of activities will always say go and do yoga because it complements it so well um and it, that it does that because yes it does help with the physical but it mm. also brings you right into that space yeah. um and then it's just remembering that 
yoga, if you use utilizing it as that practice, whether it's physical meditation or mm. and you're missing it out for weeks, that's okay. It's remembering that this is a lifelong journey. Yeah. It's um, and the same with, with therapy. Mm. It's a lifelong journey, mm. right? Mm. Um, and you just got to meet yourself where you are mm. each day. Yeah. It's the only day that you can, well, I always like to say the present moment is the only moment that's alive, so live mm. in it. It's mm. the only one you can control. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so I forgot to, in the intro, actually yeah. mention where people can find you. So I'll, I'll just add it here and we'll put a link as well. Um, if you want to know more about Sabrina or the services that she offers, she's got many, many retreats, which is amazing. She does online classes, in-person classes. So if, if any of this speaks to you, um, you can get a hold of her on Instagram. Um, her handle is at Asana Tribe. I'm not going to spell that. We'll put that, uh, a link for the that. Link. <laughs> and then, as, as always, if anyone wants to know more about Psych Central, they can visit our website at www.psychcentral.ca or um, our social media handle for TikTok, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube is Psych Central SA. Thanks so much, Sabrina. Thank you for having me. If you enjoyed this episode, please make sure to follow or subscribe on your desired platform. I will be so grateful if you're willing to take the time to rate this podcast so that you can continue to learn more about various topics related to your mental health and well-being. 